Welcome to the Bridgeway Church Podcast. My name is David Bowden, and every week I sit down with one or several members of our church staff and host a conversation about how Bridgeway is seeking to fulfill its mission as the Church of Jesus Christ here in our city. If you are a member of Bridgeway, we hope this helps you more deeply engage with what God is doing in our midst. And if you aren't a part of Bridgeway, we hope you feel welcome and that our discussions may lead to more Christ-glorifying ministry in your own context. Let's jump in. Well, welcome everyone to the Bridgeway Podcast. Uh, We hope you had a great Christmas break, and we are glad to be uh, kicking off the new year with a new series, and that is a series on prayer. Um, as a whole church at Bridgeway, we are going to be leaning in and focusing on prayer in this uh, this about five-week season, and uh, we thought we would come along concurrently with the podcast and um, kind of answer some questions around prayer. So we're going to kick off this series on prayer with um, Sam Storms and kind of answering the questions, uh, what is prayer and why do we pray? So Sam, we're glad you're here. No, that's good. Good to be back. Yeah, and so um, it is a it is a strange thing. I I often am uh, kind of I, I don't know. Like I kind of look around at the four walls in whatever 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 room I'm in when I'm praying, and I even after years and years and years of being a Christian and being sanctified, hopefully, and all these things, I go, is God listening? <laughs> you know, yeah. like, and it's just strange that I'll just talk or mutter or think. And God hears that, does he? Like it just prayer mm. prayer is strange to be talking to an empty room and believing that there is an omniscient God out there who's cares enough to listen. So I, I don't know if that's the right foundation to put on this question, but that's what's in my head. Sure. So what what is prayer, I guess, is the first question to really ask. Yeah. Well, uh, let's avoid the simplistic answer. Okay, great. Um, <laughs> talking to God. Yeah, that the that's, that's what everybody <laughs> says. All prayer is talking to God, uh, which it is. And so we don't want to overlook that. Uh, but prayer is far more than uh, asking him for things. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people think that that's all it is. And so as a result, I think their relationship with the Lord is somewhat stunted because they're thinking, well, my life's in pretty good shape. I don't have any great needs. And so the idea of communication with God kind of takes a back seat mm. in their Christian walk. So I would think prayer is more, I would define it within the, under the kind of the heading of relational intimacy. Mm. So for example, um, when I'm frustrated by something and I'm expressing my frustrations, uh, I'm not asking God for anything. I'm just venting, uh, like I'm confused. Why is this happening? And uh, uh, it, it makes no sense to me. You read this in the Psalms all the time, where David just basically uh, just opens up and and expresses his confusion about, you know, my enemies are winning and you don't seem to care. Mm-hmm. So any kind of, uh, you know, I, I go through this, these sorts of things all the time. And I, my guess is most of us, <clears throat> excuse me, as Christians do this and we never give it a second thought, we um, we we just kind of um, give, whether it's verbal or internal uh, expression, to confusion. Sometimes it's confession. Lord, I'm, you know, the quick, wow, I can't believe I did that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, what, you know, what's wrong with me? And are you still there? <laughs> and have you turned your back on me? Just any kind of what I would call um, expressions of relational intimacy with the Lord, I would I would classify under the general concept of prayer. So mm-hmm. it's 
Uh, it certainly does entail, and I don't want to minimize it all, as we'll look at in just a moment, uh, you know, petition, which is specifically requesting God for certain things. Um, but I, I, I don't want us to lose sight of the fact that we live in a dynamic, spiritual, uh, relational intimacy with the Lord all through the day. And that, that kind of within the orbit of that concept of that experience, I would, I would say that is the essence of what prayer is. So, um, again, maybe it'll come up more as we, as we progress, but Mm. The many ways in which uh, <clears throat> I'm uh, maybe giving uh, mental, uh, my mind is is formulating uh, not so much questions that I expect to be answered, because I know that many of them can't and won't be, but just questions about um, what is going on and, uh, you know, why is this happening in the way that it is mm. and expressions which they're i guess in a way they're almost rhetorical hmm. um in the sense that i'm just simply uh, articulating my own confusion frustration my confession my um my wrestling with certain issues and i don't necessarily expect god to say all right slow down let's take them one at a time let me give you explicit answers hmm. um so i think that is certainly a very much a component of prayer but again we don't want to lose sight of the fact that uh, it is uh, God's children coming to him as father and making specific requests and uh, asking for help and strength and assistance and insight and wisdom, mm. um, you know. So, so, so what makes, I, I'm just curious, like as we're trying to like land on a, not really a tight definition of prayer, but at least a loose understanding of what it is. Um, I'm just, I'm curious at the, the kind of the semi-rhetorical questions mm-hmm. that you just mentioned and like, man, why is this happening? You know, and not necessarily expecting a response, but just kind of venting, uh, is what, what, what's the difference between just like a, a internal monologue with self mm-hmm. and a external <laughs> monologue with God, neither of which are necessarily expecting an answer, but like, I just I'm curious well, about that. Well, it's um, again that's if it's within the context of our relational intimacy with the Lord, mm-hmm. we we're not just speaking into the air. I'm not just venting in order to experience some sort of psychological catharsis. Mm. Um, I, I would I would I would uh, describe prayer under the general heading of communion, relational mm-hmm. intimacy, communion with the Lord. Sometimes it's um, expressing a protest. Mm-hmm. God, I don't like this. Mm. I don't, I don't, this this makes no sense to me. Um, um, th- this seems to run counter to everything that I know to be true about who you are and the way you work in the world. And people would say, "You mean that's prayer?" Well, yeah, it's communication. Mm. It's it's the the give and take of relational intimacy. I mean, you stop and think for just a moment about um, how you interact with your wife or yeah. how I interact with my wife. And there's a whole lot of communication. Low, lot of emotional expressions that don't involve me asking something of her with the expectation that I'm going to get an answer. So that's kind of the context within which I would see prayer operating. Okay, that's actually helpful. Seeing, <clears throat> not I think I think I, I I so often think about prayer as the words that are spoken by the prayer, and not necessarily what takes place communicatively inside of a relationship or communion. Like I think that's maybe. The difference is it's it's more of like a um, an action that takes place inside of a of a like a location being the, the presence and nearness of God versus things that you say. I think that's I, I, it seems like a small 
distinction, but to me, it's helpful. Um, I don't know. Would you agree with that? Yeah, that, no, I agree. Yeah. I do agree with it. I do agree. With it. And again, <clears throat> the question, you know, not only what is prayer, but why do we pray? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, there's a passage of scripture that um, that stands out. I've, I've always been intrigued by it, somewhat bewildered. Hmm. And then my prayers are, God, what in the world does this mean? <laughs> it's Isaiah 30, verses 18 and 19. Hmm. Therefore, the Lord waits to be gracious to you. And immediately I stop and I think, <clears throat> why? <laughs> what, what? Come on, get on with it. And he says, and therefore he exalts himself to show mercy to you. Okay, show, show me mercy. For the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are all those who wait for him. And then this statement at the end of verse 19, he will surely be gracious to you at the sound of your cry. As soon as he hears it, he answers you. Hmm. So I think, wow. Um, so God is, it's almost like he's, he's there ready to, to, to be merciful, to be gracious, to provide answers. But he says, I'm not going to do this until you ask. Um, and that, that, I think, gets to the very heart of what prayer is. Yeah. It is asking. It is beseeching. It is seeking. It is um, crying out to the Lord for help and answers and sustaining uh, grace and the fact that God says, I'm ready and willing and able, but I'm not going to do this until such time as you ask. Now, yeah. can God do it anyway? Yeah. Sure, he's sovereign. But <clears throat> that doesn't seem to be the point of this passage. The point seems to be that, that the Lord takes delight in responding to the request, to the explicit uh, uh, plea for help from his people, because as we're going to see as we go forward, that serves to magnify his resourcefulness. It magnifies his strength. It also, it, it, it serves to uh, include us in the process rather than God doing everything by fiat. You know, if God mm -hmm. just did his will apart from the request of his people to do his will, then we do not enjoy the benefit of, of partnering with him and the accomplishment of his purposes. So that's just a an incredible statement by the Lord that uh, I, I'm gracious, I'm kind, I'm merciful, and I'm waiting uh, until such time as you ask me to pour this out on you. Yeah. Uh, I, I just, I always think about prayer and why we pray in terms of um, what it, like, what, what, like, I guess, like my responsibility or what it, what it's supposed to do for me and not mm -hmm. in a selfish way, but in like a hyper spiritual way where it's like, you know, it's good to pray and it's, cathartic and it, uh, you need prayer, you know, all those things are very self, not like it's hard to say self-centered and not have all these, yeah. you know, sinful skews with it, but to, to bring God into the equation in this such a way where it's like prayer is this way that God magnifies his own mercy and grace. Right. Like that is something that, um, it I, highlights, I think about often. it highlights the depths of our poverty yeah. and our neediness mm -hmm. and our helplessness. And it magnifies the riches and the, the resources of God's gracious supply. Uh, you know, you, you look at a, just kind of envision in your mind a scenario of an individual who is in abject poverty, coming up to a, the richest man in the world, kneeling down and asking for um, help mm. and provision. And who is magnified in that? Well, it's not the person asking, it's the person giving. Yeah. The giver is always magnified. The giver is always glorified. So... Um, I think that is at the very heart of why God has orchestrated his world in such a way. And th this is 
this is a principle that I'll probably repeat many times. I hope people catch it. He's orchestrated the world in such a way that we should never expect God to do for us apart from prayer what he has promised to do only through prayer. Mm -hmm. Because we can become presumptuous. We can say, well, if he's good, he's sovereign, he's merciful, he's gracious, he's all-powerful, he's going to accomplish his will. He'll end up doing for me those things that I need, whether I ask him or not. So let me get about other matters. I, you know, I'll devote myself to more important tasks <laughs> and then my energy uh, moving in a different direction. And that kind of presumption runs directly counter to what we read here in Isaiah 30. God says, I'm still waiting. I'm not going to do it until you ask me to. That's the way I have orchestrated this world. That's the way I am most honored and glorified. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm reminded about um, a... It's another little platitude about prayer, and I think there's even a book about it out there. I won't name it, but um, the whole idea of um, pray as if God answers prayer, live as if he doesn't, or something like that. (laughs) What do you think about that statement? Have you heard that before? I have. I don't want to live as if he doesn't. Yeah, right. (laughs) I want to live as if he does and pray with confidence. Um, Yeah, so that kind of leads us into this question, why even bother? Right. Why pray? And again, before we I jump into this, I've got several texts and answers to that. Um, I, I want to address one um, other misconception, a very famous saying that we often hear is that prayer doesn't change things. Prayer changes us. Mm. Now, is it true that we are changed by prayer? Sure. Yeah. Um, in fact, I think one of the reasons why God suspends his answer or uh, delays it or sometimes actually says no to specific request is so that we can be transformed, so that our hearts, our, our, what we value, what we see as most important, um, our sense of dependency on him can intensify. That can all be transformed. So yes, there is a sense in which prayer does change the prayer, but there's simply no escaping the fact that God holds out certain truths, certain realities, certain blessings that are dependent upon us asking mm-hmm. him for them. Mm-hmm. So, for example, uh, this issue of God being glorified. Uh, there's so many of these I find in, uh, in the Upper Room Discourse, or Jesus uh, in, in the night on which he was betrayed is teaching his disciples. For example, John 14, 13. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Hmm. So if I say, well, I'm not going to pray. God will accomplish his will apart from me. Well, one of his wills is that he would be glorified in us. And he says right here, the way that happens is if you ask me to do things on your behalf. Hmm. That's the way the Father's glorified. You don't pray, he doesn't get glorified. Hmm. That's, un- that's not pleasing to the Lord. Right. Um, what about joy? Listen to John 16, 24. Until now you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. So we want joy in our relationship with the Lord. And Jesus is saying here, one of the primary ways to get it is, come to me in prayer, ask me. Hmm. And uh, when I answer you, your joy will be full. Um, you know, the, the James 4.2 passage, uh, you do not have because you do not ask. I mean, that's so simple <laughs> and yet so profound. Um, and, you know, people oftentimes say, why is it that God hasn't done this or that for me? And my response to them is, how often have you asked? How persistent? Have you combined it with fasting? Have you searched your heart to make sure your motives are proper? Because he goes on in James 4 to talk about mm-hmm. um, you know, sinful, selfish uh, motives that are driving us to ask God for things. Uh, <clears throat> the gospel, you know, wh- why is it um, that sometimes we see 
the gospel does not go forth with success. We do not see the kind of response that we want. Maybe it's the absence of prayer. You know, Paul in 2 Thessalonians 3.1, Brothers, pray for us that the word of the Lord may speed ahead and be honored. So again, I, every time I read something, like I stop saying, well, wait a minute. Surely God would want his word to speed ahead. Right. He would want his word to be honored. And yet Paul says to the Thessalonians, this is only going to happen if you pray for me. If you pray that I will have boldness and clarity and courage to withstand opposition and not be afraid of uh, what the pushback is going to be, uh, pray for me. Similarly, he says the same thing as Colossians 4. At the same time, pray for us that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ. <laughs> now, again, you know, I'm very strongly uh, committed to the principle of God's sovereignty. Right. And I say, Obviously, God can open a door anytime he wants. Um, he can create opportunities. He can give us um, uh, divine appointments, providential encounters in which we can proclaim the mystery of the gospel to somebody. But here Paul says, if that's going to happen, you have to pray for us. You have to ask God to do this on our behalf, mm. which again is is remarkable. And, and again, when people have allowed prayer to become um, kind of dormant in their lives, I want to say to them, why? what reason do you have to believe that the gospel will be successful and souls will be saved if you refuse to honor and obey God's command that you ask him to do that very thing? Mm. Um, so um, Colossians, again, 4.3, it's interesting. He says this. He says, at the same time, pray for us that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I am in prison. And in this phrase, that I may make it clear which is how I ought to speak. So Paul's saying, my capacity to speak the truth in clarity, to make the gospel known, is in a, in a very real sense dependent upon you asking God on my behalf that he work in my life to make that come to pass. Hmm. Again, uh, it, it's stunning uh, what God has. Uh, here's another one. Um, you know, Paul at the end of Ephesians 6, he asked them, uh, he said, pray for me that words may be given to me in the opening of my mouth to boldly proclaim the mystery of the gospel, again, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. So here's Paul basically saying, at heart, folks, you, you put me up on a pedestal, I'm a coward. <laughs> I'm scared. I don't look forward to persecution. Mm. I've had enough of it to last a sure. lifetime. Pray that God would work in my heart that I would have courage and boldness, that I would not back down in the face of opposition and slander and, and laughter and ridicule. Uh, so, you know, all of this, we're asking, why pray? Well, just listen to the Word of mm. God in this regard. Um, what about Romans 10.1? Brothers, my heart's desire and prayer to God for them, that is for his Jewish kinsmen, is that they may be saved. So again, you know, we say, well, doesn't doesn't the Bible say that God wants all men to repent and be saved? Yes, it does. Well, how does he intend to accomplish that? Well, when we intercede on their behalf. Hmm. Um, uh, or take, uh, you know, the, the, the very famous passage in 1 Timothy 2, where we're commanded uh, to pray for all people, for kings and all who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceful, quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. So, you know, you look at the chaos in our society, you look at the threat of war, you look at uh, the decay of moral, of the moral fiber of our, of our, uh, of our state, 
And, and Paul says, look, if you want to live peaceably and quietly, you need to intercede regularly on behalf of your leaders, governors, senators, congressmen, presidents, mm-hmm. whomever, that they would be moved upon to create laws that enable the church to flourish and to accomplish everything God wants it to accomplish. Um, if we don't pray, the sick won't be healed. Mm-hmm. You know, James five sixteen: confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. There's so many of these statements in God's Word. Um, you know, Mark 9, 29, uh, you remember that uh, that story where the disciples were unable to cast out a demon mm-hmm. and heal a boy. And Jesus said, well, this kind, that is this kind of demon, this, this extraordinarily powerful demonic uh, entity cannot be driven out by anything but prayer. So... If if we are you know encounter someone who's severely oppressed, uh, maybe even demonized, God says, I I can provide deliverance, but you have to ask me for it. Hmm. Now, for a lot of people, that creates more questions than it provides answers. They say, yeah. I just why would God orchestrate the world in that manner? Yeah, and I have to come back once again. In His infinite wisdom. And determination to glorify his name and make known his power most clearly. He has determined that the most effective way in which that will be accomplished is when we come to him and ask him to do these things uh, on our behalf or on behalf of others. That's Mm -hmm. just, we we almost have to yield, say, all right, God, you're wiser than I am, and uh, I'll honor your command in that regard. Yeah. I'm just, I'm, it's been a really unique experience to just sit here and have you walk through all of these different passages on prayer and see um, the utter dependence on prayer in all of these different arenas, but then also seeing the widespread array of mm-hmm. the of the arenas in which prayer has effect. I mean, it's all encompassing everything from like personal zeal and boldness to the changing of the hearts of men when they hear the gospel, you know, to the glory of God, you know, the glorification of God himself. Right. Like, I mean, there's nothing that prayer doesn't touch. And it's just been really yeah. unique well, sitting under that. <laughs> think, think of this. My, my favorite prayer in the Bible is Ephesians 3, 14 mm. to 21. Oh, right. Um, and here's, here's Paul who says, look, I am asking the Father that according to the riches of his grace and his glory, that the Holy Spirit would work in you, in your inner being, and strengthen you with power so that Christ might dwell in your hearts through faith, so that together with all the saints, you might come to understand the height, depth, and width, and breadth of the love of God in Christ. Hmm. I think, wow. So God wants me not only to know, but to feel and to experience this uh, immeasurable love and affection that he has for me. Okay, do it. Mm. And Paul says, no, I have to go to the throne of grace and ask God to do this on your behalf. And you have to go to the throne of grace and ask God to do this on your behalf. So there's something something uniquely powerful in God's wisdom and the way he has orchestrated this this world in which we live uh, in coming to him and asking him to do the things that he really likes to do. Mm. It's like... Nobody ha- I don't know why he does that. I mean, nobody has to ask me um, to enjoy watching a baseball or a football game <laughs> right. or, or vanilla ice cream with chocolate syrup or, you know, a good movie. I, I do the things that I enjoy doing. But God has said, I delight in doing this, but I'm waiting for you to come and ask, and I will be gracious to you. Hmm. 
I man, so many questions, and I, I'm a lot of them I want to ask, but we will do just if you're listening, we will do a Q and A episode where we kind of ask some of the questions that are probably swirling around in your head too, as they are in mine. Um, the one thing that I, I feel like you've not necessarily exhausted it, but you keep coming back to this one place, and I feel like the answer to this question is going to come back to this place again. But I I just keep thinking about or talking about why do we pray and what is prayer. Um, I'm just overwhelmed with this idea of prayer being the means by which God is glorifying himself. Um, I mean, is that at bottom what prayer is about? Um, or, Well, I think that's the ultimate goal. Yeah. Um, I think certainly prayer involves a great deal more than that. Like I said at the beginning, it's, it's just a part of the daily, moment-by-moment relational communion and intimacy with the Lord. Um, I mean, you stop and think about it for a moment. You and your wife uh, decide that you're going to take the afternoon off and you go out here in Oklahoma City by Lake Hefner or you go somewhere else and, and you just walk hand in hand during the course of the day and you just talk about life. Hmm. You talk about your son. You talk about um, the beauty of creation. You talk about what does the future hold. Uh, that kind of relational interaction is as much at the heart of prayer as anything else. Mm. And so I, I just want, I don't want people to hear our podcast on this subject and think that it's no, it's just nothing more than gimme, 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 gimme. Mm-hmm. It is rather a deepening of, of relational comfort. I mean, you think about the idea of how people say, you know, I'm just not comfortable in his presence. Mm. She makes me real nervous. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. Well, prayer is, is, living in a in a comfort zone with God, knowing that there's nothing about your heart or your thoughts or your words that he doesn't already know. Hmm. And therefore you can be free and vulnerable to tell him anything. And you know he's still going to be there. He's not going to be offended. He's not going to go yuck. Um, that I think is at the heart of prayer as much as is the whole question of uh, petition and intercession. Yeah. I'm I'm curious as you're talking about you know this lakeside stroll with my wife and mm. we're talking about the future and what's next and our son and the funny things he did and we're not, I'm not asking her to give me anything I'm not you know I might not even be uh, you know offering Thanksgiving to her like man you're you've been such a good mom today you were really long suffering with our our boy while I was at work mm. you know uh, we're just talking um, we're, we're we're trying to answer the question what is prayer. Is, is there any kind of dialogue with God that isn't prayer or like, does that no, make sense? There isn't. Okay. There isn't. Um, and of course that, that raises the whole question of is, is prayer strictly monologue or is it dialogue? Is mm. it, is it an interactive experience of the believer or is it strictly me talking to God? You know, and there are some Christians who say, well, the only way in which God talks to you is through scripture. Well, certainly the primary way that he talks to me is through scripture, but it certainly, I, I think, is more than that. I mean, think, for example, of that prayer in Ephesians, in Ephesians 3. Mm. Paul is asking that we be strengthened by the Holy Spirit so that Christ might dwell in our hearts through faith. Well, Christ already dwells in my heart. I'm right. born again. Yeah. So what in the world is he asking for? <laughs> He's asking for an expansive awareness and experience of the reality of that. And oftentimes that comes from God speaking directly into the heart uh, of the individual and saying, you know, everything I've said in my word about Jesus is true. You know, he really did die for you. Uh, you are cleansed, forgiven. Shame is, is shattered. Um, you're my child. I delight in you. I rejoice over you. I sing over you. Um, and then 
you know, the, the, the way he ends that prayer with this doxology, you know, to mm-hmm. him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly beyond all that we ask or think according to the power at work within us mm-hmm. uh, and through Christ Jesus in the church. Um, so mm. those are those moments like uh, I'm sure you've experienced these. They happen a lot with me and my wife where I'll, I'll have this realization that and it's like a basic biblical truth that I, you know, I've known for forever, but it all of a sudden clicks and mm-hmm. it becomes real and true for me. You know, right. and I'll go to Megan and I'll say, Megan, like God hears our prayer, you know, or something like that. She's like, yeah, you know, but it's those moments where the Holy Spirit comes and actually confirms something in our hearts and speaks it to us directly. And it we hear it for the first time and it becomes alive. Uh, that's that's kind of like that other side of the dialogue that, uh, that I don't know, that from a personal experience, how that has felt to me. Right. Because uh, I think a lot of times when people think about the other side of the dialogue in prayer, you're like waiting for this voice, you know, mm-hmm. which has happened to people and can happen. But a lot of times it can also be confirmation or an expansion of a vision or a, a deeper feeling of connection to a truth. I mean, is that is that what you're talking oh, about yeah. with yeah. the other side of the dialogue? Yeah, and, and a perfect illustration of this is Paul's prayer in Ephesians 1. Mm. Remember where he says, um, he says, I, I remember you all in my prayers that the God of the, our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation and the knowledge of him, having the eyes mm. of your heart enlightened that you may know what is the hope to which he's called you. So what's Paul saying? He said, I'm asking God on your behalf that he would work in you in such a way that he would give you an even greater manifest expression of the Spirit's work in your life in enlightening your heart to understand and comprehend who he is and what he's doing. And God can make that happen in any number of ways, certainly by opening our eyes to see Scripture and understand Mm -hmm. it. But some, I mean... For me, uh, that kind of reality is fulfilled during times of worship mm-hmm. in when I'm singing my praise to the Lord and thanking Him, and suddenly the Spirit of God just opens my eyes to the truth of a of a line in a lyric in a song mm-hmm. uh, that just is is mind-blowing. And that's the enlightening of the heart. That's the communication from God to us of uh, His true feelings for His children. Yeah. Um, kind of as we wrap this up, I'm uh, I'm kind of curious here about this, um, and I don't know if this is a hard question or an extremely easy one, uh, but as you were reading through a lot of those uh, verses earlier about petitioning God and, and why we must pray and um, why God is waiting to be merciful and he, he mm-hmm. waits for us to, to, to ask, um, as I was listening to those, I was like, there's a lot of verses about petitioning God, mm-hmm. asking for things. Sure. Um, do we have the same kind of biblical precedence for um, just talking to God and just gabbing and, you know, like kind of like this this walk by the lake? Do we have like those kinds of passages? Yeah, I, we do. Um, I don't see many of them in the New Testament. Mm-hmm. I see them in the Psalms mm-hmm. um, and mostly in the Psalms of David, where it just seems as if he's conversing with a friend. And maybe it's a time of, of anguish. And um, and frustration and confusion and he's he's just pouring out his heart and it's not necessarily asking for benefits or blessings or healing or provision it's just Lord I know you care and I just need to I just need to say these things to you and I just need to you know to know and have reaffirmed in my heart uh, your commitment to me so yeah I think 
I think in the Psalms we would find that dimension of relational intimacy more more than any other place in the, mm. in the Bible. Yeah, I, I th- and I thought that would be the answer. I was just curious if anything mm. else kind of came to mind. But um, what what are some good next steps for people who are who are hearing all this? Because I I'm hearing all this and being really challenged in an encouraging way, um, and, and like personally and and here at. Um, at our, we're, we're recording this in our spoken gospel offices now. And so here in our team, we've, we've experienced like a revival here with our prayer. Uh, we've, we're sitting here in our conference room and we have a prayer list up on our board and it almost rotates every other day because we're just seeing things answered and things we never prayed about before we're praying about, we're seeing them answered. And so like, I, I'm just sitting here being really stirred and hungry for more prayer in my life. And, um, so what would you say to people who are kind of feeling that stirring, they, they, they know it's right. They know it's good. They want to jump in like, but maybe like for me and, and for a lot of others having trouble making that jump from like this petitioning relationship mm-hmm. to a like conversational relationship. I, I honestly think David that, um, the solution at, at that's foundational to, to all of these questions and these queries and these concerns and the problems we have with prayer comes from the fact that we don't really know who God is. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say, I, I honestly believe that virtually every problem in prayer is traceable to a misconception about God. Um, people don't pray because they don't, they want, is he really there? Mm-hmm. Okay, I admit he's there, he exists. <laughs> Does he care? Right. Okay, maybe, he, maybe he's a good guy and he cares. Mm. But if he can, can he do anything about it? Does he have the power is he inclined toward me? Is he offended by the fact that I haven't prayed for several days and now I'm suddenly in a desperate situation and I come with my hands <laughs> open begging for help? And I think until such time as people go deep into the nature of God himself, they will they will not pray. I mean, they, coming back to some of those texts, I, I keep going to come back again to, to uh, you know, the Ephesians 3. Hmm. Why does Paul end up by talking about God in the way that he does. The one who is able to do exceedingly abundantly beyond all we ask or think. Like, wow, that's the one I'm talking to? <laughs> you know, because most times when we pray, it's, eh, I don't think he can pull this off. Mm-hmm. This is this is too much even for God. You know, how Paul says, according to the riches of your glory, would you empower these people to to endure with joy? That's the prayer in Colossians 1.11. I love it. Mm-hmm. Um I think the next step for people is not so much, oh, I need to know how to phrase my prayers. I need to know, make sure I use the right grammar. I need to make sure that I don't make any stupid mistakes. Uh, no, I, what you need to do is you need to go deep into God. You say, what, what does the Word of God tell me about the character of God? Mm-hmm. And, you know, you come back to that passage in, um, in Luke 11 where Jesus, you know, the very famous um, ask, seek, knock, the one who persists and continues to do so, it will be opened, it will be given. Mm-hmm. And then he gives that illustration. If if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give good things to those who ask? And it's that how much more dimension. I, Christians lack the how much more in their understanding of who God is. Mm-hmm. Wow. If, if, if you, David, yeah. let's just take you... If there isn't anything in this world you wouldn't do for Ezra, mm-hmm. your son, yeah, you're not. He comes to you asking for something to eat. You're not going to give him a scorpion, right? Um, and and yet 
you're kind and you're generous, even though you are a fallen, broken, mm-hmm. sinful man, like we all are, how much more will our Heavenly Father, who's good, generous, always doing what is best for us, grant us those things that we most desperately need? If, we, if people don't have the how much more understanding of the character of their Heavenly Father, prayer will never amount to anything in their life. Mm-hmm. They, they won't even bother to take the time to spend uh, on their knees before him. So it is, in a, it is in the understanding and the expansion of our comprehension of who God is and what he's like, his fundamental character. That is the foundation for uh, uh, motivating us and energizing and sustaining us in prayer. Yeah, I think that is uh, really what I needed to hear. Hopefully what everybody else needs to hear. Let me, I just want to expand on that and we can we can close because um, I'm just thinking something. Because for me, I, I feel like I, I believe the the whole like, um, you, you know, I would give a good gift to my son. How much more would God give a good gift to me? That's why I can pray petition prayers and have faith that they'll be heard. I have more trouble just talking to God about whatever. You know, it has to be, important or it has to be something that he, that he would finally care about you know and i think it's a like you said it's a flawed understanding of who is god if my wife who is fallen and sinful just like we all are just like i am would love to hear about my day how much more would god yeah uh if my wife cares um about what i thought about a a movie or a my 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 dinner or you know i'm just i've never thought about god how much more would he care mm-hmm. about just what i'm thinking and what it seems like no god he doesn't care about that but i know it's just false um but i i just i think i've been um just ignorant of that uh, and unwilling and maybe maybe it's just too unbelievable maybe that's the thing mm-hmm. it's just too unbelievable to believe that god cares so much more than even my wife or my best friend about how I'm doing and what's going on and what's troubling me. And he wants to hear even more than those in my life who care about me. That's right. That's amazing. Well, I'm sure there's more questions everyone has uh, about prayer. We're going to do a Q&A episode with Sam um, about some of the, uh, the the difficult questions around prayer. We're also going to spend some time talking about personal prayer rhythms, family prayer rhythms, and corporate prayer rhythms um, in some uh, upcoming episodes um, in this series. So we thank you guys for listening. Uh, we hope you continue to press in um, to uh, who God is and how he longs to uh, and is waiting to show mercy to you and uh, that this would be a season of, um, of revival in your, in your personal prayer life. So we, uh, we're glad to walk alongside you with that. So uh, thank you for listening, and we will see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Bridgeway Podcast, where you will find a new conversation every Thursday. For more information about Bridgeway Church, we invite you to visit bridgewaychurch.com, or you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at BridgewayOKC, or on Facebook at facebook.com slash bridgewaychurchokc. If you have any questions that you would like us to address on the podcast, feel free to email us at podcast at bridgewaychurch.com. And if you enjoy the podcast, please consider leaving us a review on the podcast app as it helps other people like you find our program. So on behalf of all the pastors and staff here at Bridgeway Church, I'm David Bowden saying thanks for listening and we will see you next week.